Matt Williamson's 2022 Dynasty Rookie Rankings, the top 10. How does Matt Williamson see that in part one of his Dynasty Rankings? Oh yeah, and he's got them listed out well beyond the top 10 that we'll get to on future episodes. And the latest signing in the NFL, how does James Bradbury fit at cornerback with the Philadelphia Eagles? All that coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day we are talking rookie dynasty rankings today and matt's got them ranked out i mean down to we're talking into the 50s here (laughs) this is going to be a two-parter because we want to be able to get into some of these rookies so there's going to be a two-part series part one here the top guys and we'll get into the rest of them as well uh real quick before we get to this though uh, a signing that you wanted to talk about that we hadn't mentioned yet on the program was james bradbury staying in the nfc east he was released by the new york giants they couldn't find a trade but uh, he found a home very quickly with the Philadelphia Eagles and really slots in there nicely with Darius Slay and Maddox and uh, and that secondary. And they had already done a lot of work on that football team. So the, the Philadelphia Eagles coming into shape now in 2022. Yeah, this almost seemed too logical to happen. You know, like it, it, uh, Vegas odds were going to be Bradbury's going to sign with the Eagles, which means it probably wouldn't have happened. We knew the Giants kind of had to move on from him. Money reasons. They probably overspent a little bit on him after a huge year. Um, but he's a good player, and rarely to this time of year do quality, you know, top 20-type corners become available. So, obviously, there was a market. Um, why I wanted to bring it up, though, is I think the Eagles, you know, well, we didn't talk about it either way, but I think the Eagles want to play more man coverage. I look at Bradbury as more of a big zone guy, but he certainly can play some man. And I know many people, myself included, when we broke down the Eagles draft, we're very fond of what this team did on those couple days of the draft. You know, uh, Jordan Davis was one of my favorites. Add and A.J. Brown, you know, N'Kobe Dean in the third round. But before today, this was their secondary. Anthony Harris and Kayvon Wallace as the safeties. Ugh. And didn't draft one. The corners were Slay, who's wonderful, and he'll travel a fair amount. I like Avante Maddox, the pit guy, but he's a slot and he is what he is. And that's about it, you know. So now you add Bradbury, and instead of, you know, slaying the pips in the secondary, now you have a really strong pair of corners. Maddox becomes your three, which is what he should do. And I don't like the safety tandem, but it's a lot more digestible, especially with a good pass rush. Yeah, still potentially some work at safety, but this helps out uh, what was clearly the biggest need for them post-draft. Was in the secondary, and uh, you know, I, I think maybe Bradbury did get overpaid at one point, and now it looks like it was first reported a ten million dollar one year deal, but it looks like it's a six and a half million or seven million dollar deal with three million sense. in incentives. I think is how it goes. So, um, it, it's it's still a nice little chunk of change for James Bradbury, but maybe he wasn't the player the New York Giants thought they were getting. You know, more of a zone guy than a man guy, and maybe doesn't fit in with what the 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 Giants want to do now, mm-hmm. but uh, a nice fit there and something that they definitely needed in the secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles. So good signing there makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think they're a contender. I think they're right there with Dallas in terms of best team in the division. And these teams are in different places right now. They were, and they were, they were that 
I would call the Eagles, I say they were trouble last year, and they got yeah. a lot better. And as long as <laughs> even if even if Hertz doesn't take that much of a step, they're gonna be a good team. And if he takes a step, look out. They could be a very right. good team. I think they're really good on both lines of scrimmage, as they always are. They now have three quality pass receivers. You know the running game's gonna be really good. And their style of play, much like the Ravens, is really hard to prepare for week to week. So what was the word you used there? I liked it, dude. However you described them last year. I don't remember. I blacked out there for a minute. When okay. I smart, it just goes in the in the brain and right out of my mouth. And uh, I forgot re- rewind, people. Hit that 15-second bu- go backwards button because BP nailed it. They're, they're hard to play against, though. Let's talk fantasy football, dynasty football. Yeah, we need to do and this look, once in a while. We go, you know, from time to time, we we veer into the fantasy lane because both of us have a fantasy background. The first thing I ever got paid for writing about sports was doing fantasy blurbs, fantasy yeah, baseball, yeah. fantasy football blurbs at RotoWire. So, um, yeah, I've been doing fantasy for a long time. We're both big into the draft. We're both big into team building. So naturally, you know, dynasty football is a, is a really fun experiment for us. And I've seen you put together your list here. I'm looking at over 50 names that are on your list right now. I think you've got them numbered down to 48 and then some honorable mentions there um but you actually are implementing these rankings currently you're starting a a a dynasty draft right now if i'm not mistaken right yeah yeah i draft my the first dynasty league i've ever been in and now i host you know dynasty podcasts and i'm into it and you know locked on dynasty obviously is a, a a crossover here go check that out and frankly this time of year up until um, you know, really camp starts, we probably should talk a little bit of fantasy BP. I mean, it's, it's more, there's, there's more fantasy stuff to talk about right now than real football. So, yep. and there's obviously a corollary too. I mean, different, different things to look at. So I want your opinion. And I know this is difficult because you're not looking at my team. You don't remember my team, but this team was a really tough decision for me because I was good enough to get in the playoffs, last, much like my Steelers. I was good enough to get in the playoffs last year but not close to a contender, really. You know, so do you blow it up? Do you kind of go all in? So a couple days ago, my roster basically consisted of very little at quarterback. I mean, I had Winston and Ryan were my quarterbacks. Ouch. Fryer moves my top tight end. And in Dynasty, he's pretty valuable, but tight end was not a strength. I had good receivers, your boy Debo, Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, Pittman, Pittman's very valuable, and I had good running backs. Javante Williams, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson. We don't have an IR spot in this league, so I've been sitting on Travis ATN for the whole year. So you could see where that was, you know, I think I won more games than I lost, but it wasn't good enough to win the crown. And guys like ATN and Allen Robinson are more valuable now than they were during the season last year. So what I did, and I also had a pretty decent slew of draft picks one six two six two eight three thirds and a fourth so I had to trim some space to prepare for this draft tonight and I kind of looked at it should I should I dump Javante Williams and Debo and Mixon and Gibson and just get every pick I possibly can I'm going to try to do the impossible though and try to ride that fence between competitor and the future which is really hard to do usually you're one or the other and in the last day or two, I made two trades. I gave up Pittman, who I really didn't want to give up. I mean, I think Pittman's a very valuable guy. A couple thirds and Sam Darnold. So Pittman and scrap change basically for 
Dak Prescott, which is a massive upgrade for me at quarterback. Um, Dawson Knox, who him and Fryer Muth are going to be my top tight ends now. It's not perfect, but it's a lot better than it was. And I didn't want to go shopping for quarterbacks or tight end in this rookie draft. You know, that, that's the key here is setting yourself up for the rookie draft where I can just take running back, receiver, running back, receiver. I also picked up Kadarius Toney in that deal and Jarvis Landry, which you talk about playing the fence. Jarvis Landry's worth very little, but I might start him week one. Tony could be a huge hit, but he's a rookie, you know. So I gave up basically Pittman and two, you know, mid-round, you know, thirds for Dak, Knox, Landry, Tony. And I think I'm going to try to do both, you know, to stay young and see if things fall right and maybe I win this thing. I like it. And as you mentioned that, I was looking at the tight ends and tight ends don't show up for a while on your dynasty rank. Right. I don't want to be shopping in that neighborhood. It's all running backs and wide receivers. So that's a good strategy, knowing the strength of this rookie class and, and what you're going to try to target in the draft. And I love that for you to get uh, Dak Prescott and uh, and upgrade that team. And I think that was the way to do it with this squad. If you're mm-hmm. If you're that close, you don't really want to blow it up and you can make yourself a lot better. You hit on one of these star rookies and then you're, you're really rolling. Yeah. And who knows? And again, I have enough picks that if the season goes on, I could go in all in on a guy, or if I start out one and three, I'm probably dumping Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson and Tyler Lockett for every pick I can get. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, it really, you, your decision comes at the trade deadline during the season. Am I in or am I out? So for now, I'm going to make myself as competitive as possible for this this year with some future ideas in mind. You know, one of these receivers I might draft in the first round, uh, who knows, Olave or Burks or somebody like that is a valuable long-term asset. All right, we're we'll, we'll talk your, about those rookies, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into your rankings in just a second, uh, and, and I'm looking at what your list is. Is there one player that you think you would hope you would get? At, you said you're, you're drafting sixth overall? I'm sixth. I mean, so, no. To be honest with you, I hate that neighborhood, and I don't like the early picks in this draft. So I've been shopping one six, trying to either land, a, you know, I, I had some talks about Aaron Jones, um, who I think is devalued a little bit right now. I'd love to get the equivalent of that as a wide receiver because I'm stronger at running back than receiver. What I'd really like to do is flip flip it for Aaron Jones, and that that team's a real rebuilder, so he's he's you know looking to turn Jones into picks, and then maybe get out on Gibson because I'm worried that his stock is falling. If I could turn jo- Gibson into Jones, and maybe and one six into some receiver that I deal for Gibson, that's kind of what I'm trying to do, but. To be very honest, I have massive questions about the first round of this rookie draft in general. I'm not going to say a lot of good things about one three, one four, and I just think most rookie drafts these guys would go later than they are now. Okay, I disagree a little bit about. Okay, Rose, good. But we'll get into that. We'll get into Matt Williamson's dynasty rookie. Yeah, rookie. I want your opinion. Who should I shoot for there at six? Who do I? You know, I'm going to tell you who. Oh, exactly all right, bring it on. Uh, but first, we'll let you know about our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, You've got boxing, UFC. There's Vegas casino games at Bet Online, and of course, NFL futures. The, the league's not going on right now, but there is tons of stuff: dynasty drafts, fantasy football, uh, of course, that you can be involved with as it pertains to the NFL, but. NFL futures, rookies of the year. You feel good about this rookie class. You feel good about one particular player in this rookie class. You can put money on that player being offensive or defensive rookie of the year. Bet on your team to win Super Bowl 57 next 
February. Tons of NFL futures at Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked On NFL. The Locked On NFL YouTube channel is the home of Peacock and Williamson, as well as tons of other things. The live NFL draft show was on the Locked On NFL channel. We've got the Locked On NFL podcast with various hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, uh, Luke Braun, Alex Clancy, the whole gang repping all 32 squads. As we hear on Peacock and Williamson, there is no offseason for real fans, and there is no offseason at the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt, who is your number one ranked rookie for Dynasty football in 2022 this part was easy after one i thought it got really difficult you know one through eight or so to me is tough it's Brees hall and i think Brees hall falls into a very good situation that line's in nice shape i like michael carter but hall still projects as probably a three down back i am not certain about that he has draft capital on his side they traded up for him which is certainly a good sign yeah, you know, one of the, you know, we've talked about this a lot. You know, one of the things that I commend a team for if they're going to spend a premium draft pick on a running back is if it means it's greatly going to help your young quarterback. You know, like I think Zach Wilson's pretty happy that they traded up for Brees Hall or will be. So I think you'll get used a lot, but Carter's good. You know, I don't think Carter's just a throwaway, but Hall's clearly the best asset. And again, this isn't super flex. It's a lot different conversation if you start. Yeah, and and Brees Hall is plenty good in the passing game to yeah, at least yeah. take some of the the receptions away from Carter. So it's a huge hit for Carter. And uh, I agree with you, Brees Hall. It's a you know it, it's that wide zone running game that we know mm-hmm. works in the NFL, and it's been tested. And the good offensive line that's being built there. Um, in he has uh, breakaway in potential and right. you'll catch yeah, the so ball. He, right. He plays and catch the ball a little bit. Three down guy. They trade up to get him. Best running back in this class. Uh, he's a pretty easy number one, which yeah. means the pretty easy number two is going to be Kenneth Walker with Seattle. And if he ends up running away with that job, there's a lot of injuries with that group too. So that might be the the steal of the draft for regular fantasy leagues if if Kenneth Walker isn't really put up into that echelon just because of the other players at the position in Seattle, but we know how Seattle wants to run the ball. I don't trust who they've got at quarterback, so they're going to lean on the ground game there. And uh, Kenneth Walker could is is right there with Hall, maybe not as complete as Hall, but maybe even a better pure runner than Hall. Yeah, and I'm pretty happy putting him at two, but I find myself in the minority. Like when I start studying dynasty ranks and go check out dynastyleaguefootball.com. They're probably the best dynasty site out there. And my partner, Ryan McDowell, is very involved with them. And most people have this next group of, like, first-round receivers ahead of Walker. I don't quite understand that, though. I mean, I understand Seattle's not a very good team. Walker's probably not going to be in there churning out, you know, carries four-minute offense late in games. But I think he shows a little as a receiver, particularly at the Combine. And Michigan State just doesn't throw to backs. But boy, his his tape as a runner is very impressive. And I'm nearly convinced Chris Carson's never going to play again. Rashad Penny was awesome at the end of last year, but he only signed a one-year deal. And he's still one of the most injury-prone running backs in the league. Um, they did draft two tackles, you know, and we know how Pete Carroll wants to play football. So that's enough for me to take him two in the dynasty in the rookie drafts. And 
I, when we report back on that league we're talking about, I might get him at six. You know, I'm not going to go trade up for him probably, but I'm hoping he falls to six. And there's a possibility in a lot of drafts he does. So that's what you're looking at. You're hoping Kenneth Walker, that's best case scenario, yeah, free yeah. at 1.6 in that dynasty league. Are running backs devalued for you like they are in the NFL in dynasty leagues, looking at just the, the long-term value of running backs and how they break down versus wide receivers who could give you 10 years on your dynasty team? I was always brought up that way in the dynasty rule world is just build around, you know, right now, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are the most valuable dynasty receivers out there. But in startups, Jonathan Taylor usually goes ahead of them. You know, it's just there aren't many and it's a tough world to live in. But I have a little bit of hubris. You know, I think I'm a pretty darn good owner and smarter than the average bear. And if I can only get you know, like I have Javante Williams. If I can only get three years out of him being productive, I think I can find the next one three years from now. You know, building with receivers is safer. There's no doubt about it. But, man, some of the most success I've had in Dynasty is when I have three backs, not just two, that are really like top 12 guys in, in redraft. You're really hard to beat. I mean, like when you have a floor of – three backs that score like 20 points a week because they're every down guys, which you can get pretty easily, well, not easily, but is much easier to accomplish in dynasty than it is in redraft. You know, like there was a stretch. I had a team that I, I took over a team that was Oh and 16 and just a total orphan. So I'd first taken the draft a couple years in a row. And my third year there, I was 16 and Oh, it was amazing. It's the best thing I've ever done in dynasty. Cause I had guys like Zeke Elliott and Gurley and Kamara all in their prime that I started every week. I mean, you think about that three or four years ago, I, I was impossible to beat. And now that team's 0-16 again. Well, now the team's struggling again, but it was worth it. I had a ring, right. you know? Yeah, you got a ring. <laughs> you got a ring. So. Early and Zeke aren't worth much anymore. Right. Yeah, she's running backs for those rings. Okay, that's the... Like, that's uh, luckily, that league actually dissolved, so I didn't have to reap the... the hard, oh, that's the, perfect. The yeah, you, take, you, 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 you make the miracle of an 0-16 team into a 16-0 and team, win the title, then the league dissolves. That's exactly. Perfect. Boom, I'm out. You know, drop the mic. It's like the expl- Mac, Matt Williamson walking away in slow motion with explosions behind him. <laughs> right unprecedented what Thank was you. the cluster buster for you in ranking these first round wide receivers who come up next on your list man see in the real world i think jameson williams is the best receiver in this draft and i think garrett wilson is too but i kind of went with the consensus and a little bit of group think here and i have london as my third overall rookie and number one receiver reluctantly like if I'm picking oh you know one three and the two running backs are gone I'm trying to get out trust me and that's true for all these picks in this neighborhood I just think they're going to be losing a ton I don't care if they have a bad you know quarterback I think he's going to get targeted an awful lot I think his situation for fantasy production is excellent and with his size I think there's a better chance that he scores more touchdowns than the Jamison Williams of the world and you just don't know exactly what you're going to get early in the career from Jamison Williams. But, uh, right, right. Not, and, and this is why I was saying I actually like 1.6 if you're drafting in a dynasty league because I like 1.6 better than 1.3. You might get Walker or you guys, like to me, I'm not going to really be fighting between London and, and Wilson and Williams. And you're going to get one of those players at 1.6. So, and, and they make the decision for you. 
Right. That's why I kind of like 1.6 for you there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Just because it's not three kind of, and you're getting the same value in the middle of the round. That's a great point. I don't like one, three, you know, like if I'm trying to trade an asset, I have to get in the first round. I don't want to trade with the one, three guy. I want to trade with the one, six guy, you know, to your point, you know, that makes sense. So Drake London becomes your wide receiver three. He should see a lot of targets as a rookie right out of the gate. Garrett Wilson, the target shares maybe a little bit more muddied, which is why maybe he could get pushed down in fantasy drafts. But for me, I'm taking talent if I was to rank him, and I'd probably have it, you know, Wilson or Williams before Drake. Um, I understand that. Yeah, and then, and then Burks as well is another one because he might have a huge target share as a rookie because they lost their best receiver and they lost their second best receiver as well this offseason. So who else is Tannehill going to throw to in that Titans offense? So uh, the way you have them here, three through six really quick, we just said it was Drake London three after the two running backs, Hall and Walker at the top. Then you have Garrett Wilson four, Traylon Burks five, and Jamison Williams six. How did you come to that conclusion in that order? I can make an argument that we could take all four of them, shuffle them up and whatever they come out. Great. Because even to your point about, you know, sitting at one six is better than one three pound for pound. I do have one fantasy draft in the books where I was one six and those top five went and I took Burks and I didn't feel great about it. You know, like he could be a bust, you know, like I actually think London and Burks have a chance to be, not great draft picks in the world, real world. I'm not predicting it or saying they stink or anything like that, but I can easily write the story where neither London can't separate. Burks doesn't become a refined route runner. So they worry me big picture a little bit, but I do like their situations a lot. Big bodied guys, their team obviously likes them a lot, invested a lot to get them different styles receivers, Burks versus London. But I do think they'll get early targets where I'm not certain that's true with Wilson and Williams to that extreme, especially with Williams' injury. Again, I thought Williams was the best receiver in this draft, but I like them more in real world than I do for fantasy. I'm not saying he's Ted Ginn or Deshaun Jackson, but I, I, I worry there might be a little bit of that. You know, the one, one day he has two for 12, and then the next it's six for 130, you know. So who knows? And I'm with you, though, as a rule of thumb. Goff and Zach Wilson, they don't really bother me that much because I'm I'm investing in these guys for their whole career. So give me the most talented players. And that's why I had Wilson over Burks for sure. And, and I probably, if, if it comes down to it at six tonight and Burks and Jamison Williams are both on the clock, then I'll know who I really like better. Because I'm yeah. not sure and, right now. <laughs> yeah, Burks ranked over Williams, but I think I would take Jameson Williams over Burks. But there's yeah. definitely a there's definitely a boomer bust vibe with Traylon Burks. I think above all the rest of them. Yeah. So that's where you know you get a little worried. But man, he could he could be huge right out of the gate and get a huge target share in that offense too. So I just switched it. I put Jameson Williams five you, and Burks. Got it. All right. We got <laughs> Jameson Williams five. Traylon Burks six on. Matt Williamson's dynasty rankings, I have a feeling, have changed a lot over the course they of the do. last uh, few weeks. There's one name that we haven't mentioned 
amongst those first round wide receivers. And it might shock you where Chris Olave shows up on this list. We'll get into the rest of Matt Williamson's top 10 dynasty rankings next. But first, I want to let the folks out there know about Built Bars and the newest offering at Built.com, which is Brownie Batter Puffs. They are a limited time flavor. And it was extremely limited the first time they showed up because it sold out very quickly. You're going to have to act fast to get to Built.com and eat what some folks here on the network are calling the best flavor of Built Bar yet, which is brownie batter puffs. If you love brownies, you know what I'm talking about. And you might have a little bit of a taste before you get those brownies into the oven or maybe a lot of taste and eat about half of the bowl of batter. You know, lick that spatula clean before you uh, before you bake those brownies. And you're in luck if that's you because... Built has a new creation, and it's better than ever, the Brownie Batter Puff. And this puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. Puffs are covered in uh, – puffs, puffs are a chocolate-covered, 100% real chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar, delicious flavored marshmallow-covered, 100% real chocolate. And somehow, unlike brownies, these Brownie Batter Puff bars – are only 140 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. So get yourself some brownie batter puffs, any of the other puff flavors, any of the other original flavors, any of the other specialty flavors that are new flavors popping up all the time at Built.com. Get a mixed box if you want. All you got to do is go to Built.com and get 15% off with our promo code. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, I can't wait for the responses to these rankings when we get into this group here. At Williamson NFL is where you can go yell at Matt Williamson, Saints fans, because (laughs) Chris Olave, not only was he not in the top six and not in that cluster of first-round wide receivers with London and Wilson and Williams and Burks, uh, you still got to wait a little while to hear Chris Olave's name because number seven on the list is the newest Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver in Sky Moore. And I think Sky Moore is that sneaky pick that uh, that I'd be really hoping to get, you know, late round one, early round two in yeah. these dynasty drafts. Right. And I think most years you get if Sky Moore came out last year, you get him at 12 or the turn. Now I think you have to use like one seven, one eight on him, which I would rather have what I could trade one seven or one eight four for a veteran. But when it comes down to it, if I have to pick and those top six are gone, and I think I draw a line under those top six, I'm tying myself to Kansas City and Mahomes. And I mean, it really comes down to that. I really love the player. You know, he's not Tyree Kill, folks. He's he's more of a physical after the catch. You know, I mean, he brings a lot to the table, but he's not Tyreek as a direct replacement. But Juju Smith Schuster and uh, Valdez Scantling, they don't scare me at all, <laughs> you know, in terms of hurdles to get over. It's going to be a lot more catch and run, a lot more short stuff in that yeah. Kansas City Chiefs offense. Clearly, that's what they're trying to put together there. And I think they put too much and, and gotten uh, their quarterback hit a, a lot. And they've had to sort of figure out new ways to win when teams are playing two high safeties and trying to take away the deep ball and make them focus underneath. So I think they're saying, okay, you're going to give us that. We're going to get better players that are better at doing that. And so they do have a lot of weapons suddenly now in Kansas city. They can do that and still have, you know, MVS on this, on the outside and sky Moore still runs four three, so they can get deep as well. 
interesting offense, and, and we'll see how that continues to to change under Andy Reid there with Patrick Mahomes and as he hits like the midpoint of his career. But yeah, yeah. I, think, well, I, think, I think that's really well said. And it used to be give Andy Reid Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. He'll make a, a wonderful stew out of that, obviously. But if you look at it different, kind of like you just said, and say, "Well, we still have Kelsey. I don't know how much for for how much longer." But I'll get. I'll start this stew with Mahomes, an elderly Casey, or elderly is the wrong word, an older Kelsey, and one of the best offensive lines in the league. I think Andy Reid can do some good things with that too. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tie yourself to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes there with your draft picks and, and Sky Moore. If he becomes the wide receiver one for Kansas City, he's going to be extremely valuable for your fantasy teams. Yeah. Oh, and I think he I don't want to say this because I think it'll happen at some point, maybe not this season, but I think he'll be the wide receiver one. Is James Cook the running back one in Buffalo? You have James Cook here, yeah. running back three and number eight overall on your list. Another one. I mean, like, I think he's really a 13th pick in most drafts, you know, because what worries me about him is volume and especially touchdowns. You know, like Josh Allen's going to take the goal line carries and it's definitely not going to be James Cook. Is he is he Kamara? I mean, if he's Kamara, he should be one on this list or two on this list. I like the player a lot. I don't think he's Kamara, but I think he's more than James White. You know what I mean? I don't think he's just a satellite back, you know, and he's in a tremendous offense. A lot of this is by default, though. I mean, like, I, I don't feel comfortable using the eighth pick overall in a rookie draft on a, a, a souped-up satellite back. And this is a good time to mention these rankings are based on PPR, right? Yes, and, and that's important for him for sure. That gave him a little bump over these next couple of receivers. Because yes, I do think he'll catch five to eight passes a week, which in itself is pretty strong. I wouldn't even be looking to draft James Cook if it wasn't a PPR league. Right. That's, especially right, right. early in his career, that's where he's going to give you value. And I don't know if he's ever going to give you a lot more than that. I mean, he, he might, might be James White. He might be James White, right. I mean, that, that to me is rock bottom for him. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, there's a big gap between Kamara and James White for fantasy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean. James Cook will be in there somewhere, somewhere. where that is, 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 is how valuable he's going to be. Exactly. But there might be, I mean, after the first four games in his rookie year, he might have 20 carries. That's not so great. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not amazing, no. Uh, but if he has a whole bunch of catches and, and is able to get, that's the other thing is, does he get into the end zone? So is he have to, I know. But so, he's have to score from far. He's have to make a lot of catches and have long touchdowns because he's gonna mm -hmm. get he's gonna get vultured at the goal line. We we know that, and yeah. he's not gonna get a lot of early down carries probably. But who knows? Maybe he surprises me and he wins the job and he's he's more of a three down back than I expect. He's probably a better NFL weapon than he is fantasy starting running back. Yes, which is why I would not have him above some of these wide receivers that you have coming I can up. Understand that? Yeah, you have Pittsburgh Steeler. George Pickens at number nine overall. And uh, there's some massive homerism going on right here. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to just tell you that right now. I was going to say, because you have him, we'll, we'll stop at 10 here because this is a big one. So you have guys like Sky Moore, James Cook, and George Pickens over first round wide receiver Chris Olave that the Saints traded up in round one to get. Chris Olave comes in at number 10 on your list. This is where you're going to have to defend yourself, I think, to some listeners, Matt. I know. And Nobody lumps these two together, not to screw up your top 10, but I think Alave and Dotson are like the same guy. So they were both first-round picks. Their, their new respective teams love them. 
I think they're better for real world than they are for fantasy. A lot of it's their size. Their situ- they're not the number one at their new place and don't have a real clear path to get there. Um, quarterback plays fine, but not great. I think Alave gets pushed around more than people realize and lacks physicality. And I know he's easy to say he's the most NFL ready receiver in this, in this draft. And in some respects he is, but physically he's not. I mean, putting up with, you know, press man coverage for 17 games is a lot different than playing in the big 10, you know, and if I knew that Thomas still had injury concerns, I would bump Alave up three spots. But when they signed Landry, it told me he might be the number three on this team. And I know they're in it to win it, and they're going to use him a lot. But I'm I'm not sure when I can start him for the first time. Not that I can start George Pickens in week one either. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't you think Alave with – Winston is kind of a good match there and just yeah. knowing knowing that the, that the Saints traded up to get him they've got big plans for him I, I don't know I, I, do. I, feel like, I do I feel like you're sleeping on Alave a little bit I would understand if you put him behind the other uh first round wide receivers in this class but I think it's blasphemy a little bit to put him behind say James Cook and I, I think he should be right mm-hmm. there with Sky Moore as the first second round wide receiver that's Mo- and i've had him that high you know the more you stare at these things you move guys one spot this is the lowest i've had a lave um i've noticed most dynasty ranks have him probably about seven i bet his rookie adp is seven seven point two something like that um and i'll be honest the homerism with pickens it just so happens this coincided remember i told you i'm writing for that local uh uh, DK Pittsburgh sports. Yes. My first article was Kenny Pickett. The next one is George Pickens. And I just finished writing it <laughs> and I sent it in yeah, I and I did it. all this. And I did all this background on Pickens and went back and watched some more of his freshman tape and just thought this guy could have been the first pick in the draft. If he came out two years ago, I'm in love. So he was really fresh on my mind. And I just thought if the ninth pick comes up and Olave and Dotson and Pickens are there, and this is my only chance to get Pickens. I'm grabbing them. And I, the, I actually like the Pickens ranking. I thought I, you were I just, a fan, yeah. I, and I like Pickens a lot. I like the fit. I like the landing spot for George Pickens. I know the Steelers know how to pick wide receivers. Uh, right, but, right. But Alave behind Cook is, is the big one for me. So yeah, yeah seven eight. But this just says that Matt Williams is not going to have a lot of Chris Alave stock, and someone else is going to be drafting Probably him. Not. It means it pushes guys like Pickens down to where you might be drafting. So yeah, and again. This first round to me is very weak. I mean, compared to other years, and you know, you should, uh, you would get ATN, Javante Williams. I'm trying to think of like who last year was going eight nine neighborhood. You know, there was three three backs that went really high, but there was a plethora of receivers. You might get Devonte Smith in this neighborhood. Yeah, I'd much rather him than any of these guys. You know. So let's stop there. That is the that is Matt Williamson's 2022 dynasty rookie rankings top 10 and we'll go faster 11 through 40 or so we'll see how far we get uh here on monday's show then we'll have matt williamson's power rankings as well and start looking at these teams post draft in the nfl but we'll finish up on monday with matt williamson's dynasty rookie rankings the top 10 again goes running back Brees hall one two is running back kenneth walker then three atlanta falcons wide receiver drake london Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson four. Jameson I made, made a change. Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> I talked Matt into moving Jameson Williams up one spot from six to five, and Traylon Burks from five to six. There, 
Uh, then Sky Moore, the Chiefs, seven. James Cook, Bills running back, eight. George Pickens, Pitt wide receiver, nine. Chris Olave, Saints wide receiver, 10. That is the uh, dynasty top 10 by Matt Williamson. We'll go 11 through maybe 30 or 40-ish on Monday's show and talk a little bit more about some of these round two and round three dynasty rookie draft picks. Fun stuff, Matt. Uh, I love doing this kind of thing, and it's fun to just kind of look at what the production could be for some of these players in the mm-hmm. NFL draft in their new landing spots. So thanks. Hey, everybody. Man, I'm pretty excited tonight to see how this rookie draft goes. So yeah, absolutely. No, we'll check in and yeah. we'll see who you got at 1.6 or if you moved around a little bit. I'm hoping to move around a lot. Yeah. And we'll find yeah. out, but look again, I like it. You're, you're clearly by your list. There's a tier break after six. So I think 1.6 mm-hmm. is not a bad spot for you to be in, in this, uh, but I would be sad if I've had two rookie drafts and I end up with Traylon Burks at one, six in both of them. Yeah, like and you I, might, I don't want to be all in on them, you know. I would not be shocked if that's what happens based on know, how I you know. have these ranked out, too. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen back Monday, right here, Peacock and Williamson.